You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. We're back again for Why I'll Never Make It. Why I'll Never Make It, back in your ears. I hear you, Dewey. You do? Yeah, no, It's because we're wearing headphones <laughs> and sitting in the same room together. Look, look and in fact, we're in a new room. I, I, I don't know if you can hear the difference there, but we are in a actual studio space. We're coming to you from uh, from Tish, I think I can I think I can say the name, but yeah, we're coming from NYU Tish Recording Studio. So yeah, and just uh, I, and we need to say that because you should not get your hopes up. It <laughs> will not sound this good again. Well, I mean, you know, we don't. It, who knows that big sponsor's coming, and then then we'll be able to you know record in any studio. Speaking of we which, want. if you are a big sponsor, please recognize that we are uh, willing, ready, and able to take your money. Absolutely, absolutely. We're, uh, we're we're enjoying this, and so yeah, we'd love for other people to enjoy it as well. Well, because we are in a studio, we need to get right to it yeah. because we can't afford to be here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk about it. Why yeah. why won't why aren't you going to make it, Patrick? So so so, so you want to start with me? I do. Is I because honestly, I I can't figure it out. You seem great, <laughs> well rounded. You got it all going for you. Why is it that you won't ever make it? Okay, all right. Well, well, well. You're, you're actually going to enjoy this one. And, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So the reason why I'll never make it is I'm too good looking. <laughs> you you, you want to laugh, but I appreciate that you held back. So so I'm actually going to read to you. Th- this this is this is an an audition that I did a while back, and this was the note that I got from the director herself. She okay. you know she was there in the room for for the audition for the callback. Love it. And then she sent my agent. I'm I'm going to read it to you. Let's hear it. This is what she said. Unfortunately, it's not going further for Patrick. He gave a terrific audition and we loved him, but because this character plays a number of different small roles, the director felt that he would stand out too much because of his height and great looks. I guess you could tell him that he's just too good looking for this track. That is that is word for word so, what I was told. Um, I, if you've <laughs> listened to this program prior or will listen to it Again, afterwards, just know that this is normally a, a section of the program where we talk about something negative uh, <laughs> going on with ourselves and in our careers. And, yeah. and believe me, that's what I'll be doing. I love that you're using this, by the way. Yeah, but I, I mean, because, I mean, of all the things to not get a role for, I, I guess that's the best way, the best thing to, to be told. Yeah. As, no. as to why you're not going to make it in this show. Look, Corky and the Facts of Life. No, that's the wrong show. What was the Corky, Corky? The guy with the face. He had the, the face thing. The uh, face? What? Wasn't wasn't a guy named Corky in a show that he had the face thing? It was, he was an overly unattractive human being. Okay. All right. Um, in the realm of what we are all supposed to think is and is not attractive, right, right, right. That, he that, fits the not attractive version. That objective standard. I'm doing air quotes. So you can't see it. No, yeah. they saw it. And okay. you don't deserve that job. Because that was that man's job. He was right. just I, that hideous. Right, right. So obviously they should have gotten this Corky guy. That's that's right. Yeah. So just like first of all, calm down, handsome man. <laughs> um, I I just found it hysterical that that's the reason why I was told I, I'm not going to make it. Look, I've gotten I've gotten that note uh, so many times. No, it's it's I've never gotten that note. Well, the, um, well, the, well. Then since you say that you're ready to, you're going a little more negative. 
with the, well, not negative, but you're just going. Oh, I'm going negative, and and I'm going. Oh. I'm going like so counter to oh, what you're saying. Okay. The reason I it. will never make it is because my body is breaking down. Oh. So yeah. quickly. Yeah. I had a rehearsal last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the director, by the way, is in this room. We're going to be rec- uh, recording an yeah, interview. Yeah. With our her our right special second, guest so. is the director. So watch what you say. I had a rehearsal last night, and in this rehearsal, uh, I was asked to um, get down on the ground uh, to then peek up behind this box. And I I think it's a very effective bit. I I enjoy the bit. But by God, over and over and over again, climbing down onto all fours and then back up again, which, by the way, is not like an Olympic trial. It's literally just like getting down on my knees and then getting back up again. I mean, it shouldn't be difficult. It broke me. (laughs) It physically broke me. That's where I'm at. That's where my body is physically, world, uh, that is listening to this. Understand that there is a very handsome man and a broken Broken down old husk of a human being (laughs) uh, that are recording this podcast for you. Yeah, and and each of us aren't going to make it for those very disparate reasons. Yet, we're still here. So, look, uh, mine's quick this week. Go for it. Uh, I'm still here due to Tylenol. Um, again, uh, any sponsors out there willing <laughs> to give some money, just understand uh, we will take it. And uh, if you are Tylenol, um, know that I use your product with reckless abandon, and it's the only thing getting me through uh, Spending an oh, evening oh, in the theater on my knees. I, th- I, I, f- I feel that everyone has their own go-to. Like for mine, uh, my go-to is ibuprofen. Some uh-huh. people's Tylenol. My roommate is Aleve. So we all have our own things. Yeah, yeah. yeah so th- that's funny you say that because mine is the one that was cheapest when I was at the drugstore. It is general. Yes, yes. Those All those others are generally a little, little bit more expensive. And I'm sure that I'm saying Tylenol, but because Tylenol doesn't actually sponsor us, no. it's probably like the Walgreens version oh, of Tylenol. Oh, oh, I always use the the off-brand third-party. It's it's never Aleve or Advil. It's the ibuprofen, like, random white box. Well, I, Patrick, I, I, I would be remiss to not yeah. ask... After the turmoil that you've gone through, oh, it was so, uh, it was so of, of why you'll never make it, I I can't imagine why you would still be here. So please uh, let us know how you make it through this. Well, I mean, it's it it, it was it it was tough to get such a rejection, <laughs> but the reason why I'm still here and pushing forward, pushing ever forward, is because I am mostly a musical theater guy mm-hmm. but i want and so want to do the the, the plays the, the 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 dramatic mm-hmm. you know the dramatic works where there's not a song to be sung anywhere it's just be a character have your scenes do your it's 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 i mean it sounds like it would be less cuz you don't have to learn music but it it encompasses so much more because you're i don't know i feel like there's a certain thing about straight plays versus musicals. Now, I haven't done enough of them, so maybe I'm getting this wrong. Okay. But it seems like with straight plays, you can really dig into the character even more because it's all you have. The songs kind of work for themselves in setting up character and your emotional state, whereas since you don't have a song, you really have to show the character in different ways. 
and with, with a straight play. So for that reason, I am, am still here because I want to get into that kind of world. Of, of the straight plays of, of dramatic things. There's another mountaintop to climb. Right, right, yeah. right, right. I'm, I'm, I'm you know. I, I You're think... in the valley of your good looks with a mountaintop, <laughs> with a mountaintop ahead of you. I, I, I like to think of it as parallel mountains. I'm, I'm still climbing the musical theater mountain, and, but wanting to also journey up the, uh, the play world. Well, I, 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 I can appreciate that. I, I, personally, I do a lot of plays and, uh, and a lot of musical theater because I'm I'm not afflicted with the uh, good looks that keep me from getting more parts than you, but maybe, maybe <clears> one day, maybe one day. And and I I, I do they they are different beasts for sure. Right. Um. But there, there's something to be said for it's the type of play, right? Because if you're doing, of course. Uh, you know, some if you're doing the play that goes wrong, that's on Broadway right now, right. Like it might as well be a musical. I mean, those guys are going nuts for two hours straight. I've I've, I've heard that it's it's just a, a it's farcical bonkers. wonder. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, the same thing. And like noises off would be another, another yeah. one of those where it's just zaniness. And then you know you you see the play, and then they turn around and you see the back the backstage of the play. So yeah, stuff like that would be would be so enjoyable to do. I mean, you know, and I'm glad we're talking about uh, how different it is to get through that process because it brings me to our uh, third and final segment before we bring out our guest which is is it just me all right I, i'll lead off with this one because uh, yeah, yeah because I, I, I can you, tell. you have handsomeness going for you and <laughs> no, well uh, I'm, I'm still kind of dealing with that rejection so please just yeah please go yeah and wipe those tears away i i am uh, i i don't get uh how my brain works i'm still trying to figure it out too <laughs> <laughs> take your time hello i in the old days i would read a script and immediately I would set the script down and I would know it. I would have memorized every uh, piece. Uh, I, would re- I would have memorized everyone else's lines um, because I was expecting to take over their parts at some point in time, uh, you know, due to them being too handsome. And I, I, that's not happening to me anymore. My brain, like my body, is... Surely, slowly, uh, falling apart. Well, what you need to do is you need to find that mental Tylenol, whatever whatever that is. Is it? <laughs> is that is like that, some kind of drugs? Or? Yeah, yeah. Is that Prozac? I don't, I don't know what. No, what Prozac is for? What? Wait, your teeth. <laughs> well, it's a good thing we're not a pharmacist. No, I. Uh, the doctor is in. Uh, I would like to uh, prescribe you uh, more flossing. Wow. Yeah. Why we'll never make it as doctors. Um, is, but is it is that just me? A- am I the only one no, that like no, as no. I've as I've grown of age? Yeah. Um, I find it very difficult to to lock in the thing that I'm supposed to know, and I'll know it. I, I I'll work on a piece. I'll know it. Um, I, I'll work with uh, my wife. I don't know if I've mentioned her on this program before. My wife. A few. Uh, a few times. Yeah, but uh, I I will work with her on a piece, and it's I've got it locked in. I'm ready to go. 
And then as soon as I'm up on my feet doing it, there's nothing there. Absolutely nothing. I don't, I, I'll look at other people blankly expecting them to say their line again. Exactly. um, Because there's nothing in my head. I certainly don't have a line regardless of the fact that I have a line. No, I, I completely understand what you're saying because I've always like just from childhood, I've always been a very distracted person, forgetful. It's a lot of mirrors around. Yeah, I get you. But, (laughs) but, but however, when it came to acting, I, I rarely ever like write down notes. Rarely, I, I I don't, you know, I'll I'll do like the blocking. But as far as like the notes on the character, notes on this or that, as if, if we just run the scene, then 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 I got it. And for whatever reason, that that sticks in my brain. But mm. other things in life just go by the wayside, and I I don't even know what I had for lunch that day. But <laughs> but but staging, I got it. Right. All right. So 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 for me, is it just me? Okay, this is out there. We're going. Let's do it. So is it just me, or am I the only one who didn't know Michael Jackson was still releasing songs? I just discovered in the last few days that in the last seven years, he has released two albums of new stuff, of new music. He has passed away, but his albums are still coming out. I just found out about this. So seven years ago, he had new material, and then like three or four years ago, another album. Did you? Am I the only one who didn't know this? I am, I, I somehow, I'm on the outskirts of musical, of, of pop music knowledge. It is surprising to me. Yeah. But I feel like they did the same thing with Elvis. Like he just kept releasing. Well, no, well, kept yeah, releasing well, well, well he him. kept releasing, I mean, greatest hits. But no, this is like new, brand new named albums, new music, never heard before released music. And I, I was listening to it going, this is like brand spanking new some of it was duets i know there was like a justin timberlake duet that was released a couple years ago he loves doing that with dead people right right um but but yeah it was like uh, let's see one was called just michael and the other called escape Mm -hmm. and and i i I was like literally i was just like for two hours just combing through all this new material i'd never heard of michael jackson Honestly, like if there's if there is anything that's going to continue to happen after his death, I'm just glad it's not the kid stuff. So I'm I'm a fan of more music. That's a win, honestly. Wow, really, really? Uh-huh. I'm not the one that diddled him. Oh. <laughs> I know it wasn't me. Yeah, you can't see her face, but that director who's going to be our special guest, she she gave the look of I don't know what the hell's going on. She may leave now. I don't know. Well, all right. <laughs> well, but I, one, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that, that's great. I I really love his music as well. Yeah. yeah but yeah. B- uh, you know, by God, I love uh, uh, Bill Cosby himself. That album uh, meant a lot to me. Oh, brilliant album! But, yeah. But but yeah, it it. But getting to your point, it is sad whenever great artists fall so, so uh, so notoriously, yes, mm-hmm. and so publicly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm 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 with you. I'm with Speaking you. of falls from grace. Right, right. It is, uh, she is she is taking a big fall by by talking to us. But I can't wait for you to hear who we have this week. And the end of her career begins now. Oh, Dewey, I cannot tell you how excited I am that for, for our next guest. I would prefer that you do. Please. Yes. Uh, and honestly, Morella, if you could just keep quiet during this. Right. It's uh, just going to be. Patrick, <laughs> please describe to us right now how excited you are. Okay. If I could describe my excitement. That's enough. Morella, so <laughs> thank you so much for coming. Yes, we have Morella Martin with us. 
Marilla Martin Cook, actually. I'm married oh, now. Oh, that's right. That's right. The new name. See, whenever we work together, and actually yeah. all three of us have worked together. That's right. Uh, yeah, when we first worked together, uh, it was on a show that you had co-written, mm -hmm. and there, there was no married name. Nope. But now, and so nope. how, how long have you been married? I've been married two years. Um, I, yeah. I always thought I would be a Lucy Stoner, you know, and just hang on to Marilla Martin and not add or subtract anything. Um, but I found myself very sentimental as my wedding approached, and I took Cook in addition to my name, so I now have five names. Oh, oh please give us the full name now. Yeah, we need the whole thing. Marella Jesse Gale Martin Cook. And are there any hyphens in there? There are no hyphens. No hyphens. This is causing me a lot of problems <laughs> at the pharmacy, at the bank. <laughs> and, 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 and so for the last name, do you go by Cook or Martin Cook? Martin Cook. No yeah. hyphen. Just a space. Just a space. That's, that's Didn't right. realize how complicated I was making my life. Well, well you have like, you've updated the driver's license yeah. and the passport yeah. and all of that, right? Everywhere I go. Will call, though. I'll, I'll go to pick up my tickets, and they, they never know where they are. I'll say Martin Cook, and they're like, but what name is it under? And then they look for C. Um, and I thought I had it hard before with a first name like Morella, but... But, but who, who knew the last name was going to give you even more trouble? Double down. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, well now that you've sorted out your, your name, now which do you use as your professional name my professional name is my full name um but not the whole thing so <laughs> <laughs> is it the full name or is it the whole name yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's just the morella martin cook name lovely lovely we don't use and the middle names. and and your profession is writer director exactly yeah yeah which i have had the very good fortune of working with morella in both venues and we are currently working together where she is directing me in a piece. And th and this is the big reason why we wanted to bring her on because the two of you are working together. I've only known you in the writing capacity. Mm -hmm. So now as the director, please Dewey, give us a little rundown of, of what it's like to be directed. She's very indifferent to my physical well-being. <laughs> I mean, uh, you're, you're going down behind that box whether you like it or not. And honestly, like, I'm trying with the lines, okay? I'm doing my <laughs> best with them, and I just need you to back up a little bit <laughs> because I know we have rehearsal tonight, and I'm not, not going to have them. Dewey's fantastic. Oh, well, Ooh. he he usually is, but mm -hmm. believe me, believe me, this this whole show is improv, so, you know, he, his, he, he gets all the lines right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I've, I've heard. I've enjoyed. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm a fan. I, yeah. I'm not with Tylenol, but I, I do listen. Oh, yeah. See, you had her until you mentioned a name brand. That's, that's what happens. Tylenol. Yeah. Little. Yellow. Different. So, uh, so, so, Marella, so tell us about this show that you're currently working on with Dewey. Yeah, we're doing The Great Cat Massacre, uh, which is a new comedic musical by Greg Moss and Casey O'Neill. It's about these disenfranchised young printers in 1730s France who have had enough after watching the cats of the neighborhood and the household be treated better than them, even though they're human beings. That's and right. they kind of jump off the deep end and put the cats on trial for witchcraft, um, basically frame the cats for witchcraft, um, and then execute them by... So this sounds like a true life story. It actually is. What? No, it, it is. I, I was I was being funny. I know you were. So it, this is yeah. actually based upon real this events. This is based on real events. Um, there's a fantastic book titled "The Great Cat Massacre." It is not an adaptation of the book by any stretch of the imagination. Um, the real story is just as strange. You should read the book. It's by Robert Dar Darnton, um, and it's it's odd to wow. say the least. Wow. This really did happen, though. And if you think How about, about it, people really do still treat their pets better than other people. 
Oh, so oh yes, oh yes. The, the, this is very timely. True. I mean, I mean, we now have pets being called children by by some. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that. Oh, I call my cat my, my daughter, my baby. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, we do. We do a lot of uh, cartography, um, <laughs> uh, catography. But but, yeah. but but that actually is a word, isn't it? Cartography, cartography, which is maps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at me. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm not just a pretty face. I know things. <laughs> <laughs> but he is a pretty face, and he'd like you to know uh, he is just that handsome. It is a shame this podcast isn't video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but be, uh, be sure to check out our website where you'll see uh, plenty of pictures. Although, although, oh, that's true. We do. Uh, sorry, Morella. No, we're just going to plug a bit. So, yeah, we do have a new website I've been uh, painlessly working on. Or painfully, yeah. No, painlessly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you painless. already said it. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, already I, now I feel like I'm doing too much here. Right. Uh, so, uh, so yes, it's uh, whileinevermakeit.com. So please check out the new digs. Yeah, but uh, before you do, why don't you check out the digs of our guest here? Um, Morella, writer-director. Morella has written a number of musicals. I have performed in one of them, uh, although I think it should be more. Um, so. I agree. Yeah. Uh, if anybody, uh, Patrick, so, you uh, too. Oh, 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 exactly. Yeah. In fact, we've gotten to do your piece twice now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And, but uh, as uh, I, the piece, the, the piece that I've worked on that you've written, um, it, it's, uh, I think, one of the like sweeter, uh, more endearing pieces that I've ever had the good fortune to be a part of. Yeah, it's, it, it's called Danny and the Rocket. Mm-hmm. And Dewey and I first worked at, since we're here at Tisch, which is the reason why we're here, is because you went through the musical theater writing program mm-hmm. here at Tisch. And, every, well, I'll, I'll let you explain the program a little bit better since you've actually been through it sure. and kind of that process of getting your work done here. Sure. It's a very special program. It's the only one like it um, in the world. You receive a Master's of Fine Arts. So, I, yes, I am a Master of Fine Arts. Wow. Thank See, you. We're, we're sitting um, in the presence of mastery. Yes. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. Um, and you study with this incredible faculty of musical theater writers who teach you everything you could hope to learn from you know, the equivalent of like Jiminy Cricket, but a bunch of them about how to write a new show and right. what the book of a musical is and what is lyrical and what music is and how they all work together to tell a story in this really special and unique way. Um, each class has between, you know, 25 and 35 people and they all come together and and for two years it's like speed dating. You write a bunch of songs and short musicals together and then you find your thesis partner, which is somebody who you say, I would love to start a full-length show with you. And then you spend a year writing that show, bringing it to, to lab every week where you're viciously critiqued um, with with love <laughs> bet, by these I same bet. Jiminy Crickets um, who've grown like kind of hard ass um, over the course <laughs> of your time there. Um, and everybody works together to, to make you great and, and help you learn how to um, write the best version of your show. And then yeah. at the culmination of the program, they bring in these incredible actors. Um, She's to, talking about me and Dewey. I'm talking about, I'm talking about you um, to come know, in. See? And and they bring in these amazing directors and they they show you your show in a, in a four-day, crazy 29-hour reading process. Right. And so with Danny and the Rocket, which is the show that Dewey and I worked on with you, mm-hmm. how what, what was that process finally bringing it? By the time we got it, what, how many rewrites had you gone through? What was that process like? Yeah, we had been working on the show for just under a, a year at the point when we saw you. Um, Casey and I, Casey O'Neill again, uh, he and I collaborate frequently um, on 
both sides, writing and directing. Um, we had come up with this idea about science because um, we have these connections to the space race. My great uncle, Rush Daw, um, made the gold record that was on Voyager 2. That's right. Um, oh. And oh, that's cool. Casey's grandfather worked uh, to make gyroscopes um, inside um, rockets. And so wow. the two of us found this kind of uncanny connection, and we, we knew that we wanted to write something warm and heartfelt and that we both love science and we had these kind of family guides pointing us towards this kind of story so we just went for it um and yeah like I said it had been about a year and a year in the life of a new musical is like two months in the life of a baby really because it's just starting to like grow its organs it doesn't have teeth (laughs) like um and there's a lot that's sweet and cuddly and very like redeeming in it and Mm -hmm. you just need to show it more love over time so that it can continue to grow into whatever it might be so it was um very exciting to get to see it for the first time and uh, our parents came you know and and you watch it and you go oh boy you know like the whole time you're sort of overwhelmed like um Patrick played a role that has since undergone a major revision um and Dewey as well Mm -hmm. um and but Patrick's is one of the songs that Casey and I make fun of each other with like to this day because we gave him this song that all he really did was repeat the lyric you are special but not that special oh right over right, and right. over and that. over and we were calling it a song um, and, then, and, and it that, was beautiful Patrick really sold it but and that it, was in the original version that we mm-hmm. did here at Tish yeah. and then uh, then a couple of years later you know last yeah. year we did uh, we did another presentation mm-hmm. for a, a musical festival and that song that song is not there anymore <laughs> yeah. weirdly kill your darlings and <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. yeah um yeah and then Dewey also like uh he his first role uh, in the first reading was as one of the head scientists in the lab um and of my smarts because of his smarts like yeah. we've been talking about oh yeah. and and um you know when we brought him back we knew we really wanted him to play this character of Steve who's one of the astronauts who offers kind of a a real world sensibility um, for Danny to interact with. Um, mm-hmm. And he just wants to be a friend. Um, and that's something that our lead character, Danny, has never had. Um, so it's it was special to get to, to have both of these guys back with us in the room again. And actually, it was Dewey's song that when we did when we did it, uh, I, and I think his song stayed the same, yeah, in mm-hmm. both both versions mm-hmm. because your song is probably my favorite of the I mean it's you, you can tell a bit more about the song but it's 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 funny it's it's also just like very real because he's because he's basically telling Danny about dating yeah. and about, about about what what that process and how you should date or shouldn't date yeah this song is called <laughs> Dewey, <laughs> Dewey. Dewey. <laughs> I don't I honestly I don't remember it. <laughs> this what, it's B twelve. We all need to be taking B twelve as okay. we as oh, we age. I'm writing this down. Oh, there yeah. we go. Write that. Okay. Yeah. More B twelve. Yeah. Can't find my. Plan. Um. Yeah. No. That's a that's a song called "Bring It Home." That's my dad's favorite song as mm-hmm. well. Um. And see, see on I, the, I like dad music. On the <laughs> <laughs> on the third day to bring it home. That's the idea of the song. Uh, I'm gonna leave it there. I don't, I I think that's words to live by right there. So uh so yeah. With what uh, you know, with what that you learned from Tish, what what has have you done since you've left the program? 
Sure. Um, well, I've been writing a lot uh, I and directing a lot, which is funny because when I came here, I sort of thought I was giving up directing to be a writer because I was committing to this master's degree. But that was something you were doing before. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was very drawn to directing, you know, from the get go. Um, and to be honest, and this kind of speaks to why I'll never make it. I'm a woman. Um, and wait, growing wait, up, wait, what? I, I surprise. I don't see gender. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but when I was when I was growing up, I knew that I loved the theater. I knew that I loved opera. My parents are both classical musicians, and I went all the time and saw these things. And the byline was always male, and the director was almost always male. Mm, right. um, and I just assumed, as you do when you're six and coming up with your life. Plans. That that's what men do. That that's something mm. that men yeah. do that, and I probably wouldn't be able to do that. Mm. And um, I was disappointed by it, and it obviously remained a real part of my character if I'm actually here doing it, you know, years later. But I definitely, it didn't occur to me that that was something that I could actually do. Like right. maybe I could pursue it as a hobby, um, but I wasn't actually going to be able to do anything with it. Um, and so when I came to the program here, I was like, well, you know, things are already crazy. If I think I'm going to be a book writer, lyricist, I don't I don't think I could also be directing. Um, so I, I kind of said that aside. But then funnily enough, um, I had this day job for about a year at Stage Directors and Choreographers Society. And one of my first days at work was a day of a board meeting. And so I went into the board meeting in my you know capacity as communications manager at the time. And I looked around at the table, and the president of the board was Susan Schulman. And also at the table were Pam McKinnon and um, just uh, Annie Kaufman, Lee Silverman, Kathleen Marshall, you know, these like oh, wow. heavy hitting women yeah. directors. And I went, hey, I, I think I could actually do this then, you know? Um, By the way, mm-hmm. just so uh, our, our listeners who are in all parts of the country and apparently all parts of the world at this point in time. Yeah, yeah but um, we, we just discovered that we have someone from Australia and Ireland who, who have listened to us. Uh, yeah, else? despite our best efforts. And uh, <laughs> we, but, we, we're reaching an international audience now. But including, including like, my my mother uh, uh, has um, seen that there is a podcast. So just so that all of these people uh, know, that list of, of directors mm-hmm. you just gave, they've directed things that, that you know about. That, mm-hmm. Like, this is, yeah. this is, like, the world that we live in today is still very man heavy mm-hmm. but like women are leaders mm-hmm. in this industry and uh and they are they are many mm-hmm. and yeah, th- yeah, and the both, work both that they're doing is like altering our society right and that's both on the stage as well as as well as behind the scenes whether mm-hmm. it's directing or producing or anything like that well, yeah and one thing that the reason that was so impactful for me is because you don't see them all in a season ever the way you see some of the same male directors every season they have something on broadway and i'm not disappointed i love good theater you know i i admire people for their talent you know um but to it had like to just sit in a room with all of them it's kind of that you have to see it to be it thing Um, that's very true and similarly like um, in terms of writing, on the faculty here, there are so many women um, on, yeah, on the faculty right, there are. who I can just look at and go, oh, well, you've been on Broadway. So suddenly Broadway is Broadway as opposed to Broadway 
You know what I mean? Um, and it's always going to be. How, that's how Patrick says it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is. No. That, with, with longing in my eyes. Well, and like, no, but we're all going to, we're all going to feel that in our hearts, but yeah. there's just a difference, you know? Um, and I, I really, the other thing in terms of like seeing, like it wasn't televised when Lisa Crone and Janine Tesori won for best score for Fun right. Home. It wasn't right. televised. And I'm, yeah. I'm still dismayed about, I'm still talking about it. You know what I mean? Like years later, because there are so many people who could have seen that and thought wow like maybe I could because everybody it's hard for anybody there's no guarantee for anyone in this field no matter how hard you work how kind you are how much of a jerk you are you know like what what's going to happen but just to know that there's somebody who looks vaguely like you mm -hmm. who's done it really makes a difference yeah I, th I think that, that, that that's something especially that's that's come about in the last five years and it's something that I never really thought about growing up but but it is very true that when you see someone when, when you see someone like you or or going for the same goals that you want and it almost makes it seem more achievable mm -hmm. you know but but like you said doesn't like talent is just one of many things that can keep you from or propel mm -hmm. you in the, in this business uh, along with looks and uh, <laughs> so uh, you, all you're waiting for is more handsome men to be part of something, <laughs> to know that you can also be part right, of that right. thing. Right, right. I, I just keep looking for that. <laughs> Someday. Yeah. So, so maybe, Someday, my maybe, friend. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll reach that upper echelon. But uh, no, I mean, I mean, we, we say this in, in, in all joking, but I think you bring up a good point in the, in the fact that more, wh whether, whether it's gender, whether it's color, race, mm -hmm. uh, you know, wh whatever, whatever it is that, that sets you apart or, or, or is an important identifier for yourself, it's great <laughs> to see that in in people who are who are making it and th and that's mm -hmm. and that's you know the big reason why why we did this podcast is why? to explore those subjects and i don't say this just because we're blocking my big number tonight but uh you are a fantastic director and we've we've actually worked together in smaller capacities multiple times now with you directing uh this is the piece that we're working on now is uh, a shorter version of a show mm -hmm. but fully staged with choreography and the whole nine yards and the uh, for me i i need the environment that i work in to be about one thing to be about the the task at hand like getting the show up a, as well as it can be done and and i need everyone there to be a professional and that's when you're acting especially when you're doing a campy musical that's tough sometimes mm -hmm. it's tough to to keep that room uh, focused and moving forward, especially when you have an actor who's like knees hurt uh, from all <laughs> of the uh, groundwork. So, so but yeah, you, so but you're, a, but but you you run a tight ship that is also a very, it's a very quick, uh, quick to decisive uh, directing style, which gets us there, right? Because ultimately, like I would also be happy to talk about each part that I'm playing. Uh, at forever mm -hmm. because I, I won't remember the lines but i'll remember the like sentiment yeah um so so yeah. so with thank you the, yeah and and with that in mind what like like what is that process because did you also act growing up did, were you on that side so that that inform how you direct i did i acted for many years um i was a theater major in undergrad practically from the moment i set foot on the campus i declared um and i took declare yeah, yeah, i am a theater major um <laughs> and and so i've always loved acting if i were a better actor i would still be acting but i'm 
I'm not like and and you, <laughs> um, you you have to have uh, uh, I would say it's not that it's comfortable but a willingness to open yourself like that um, and and I so sure. admire that um, and that's why I love working with actors and that's a big part of why I love directing because I know how it feels to go out and open yourself um, and also to not know and be asked to just come up with something in front of people that's a big reason I stopped acting and started writing more right um, because I like being able to think about what I'm gonna say or ask or ask somebody else what to say like you know um, uh, leave the rest to the professionals um, so as a mm-hmm. director what would you say is your um, not not uh, I guess challenge for lack of a better word but when, when it comes to to working with actors, bringing it out, what what would you say is like the n- number one thing that you want to, uh, to, you know, want them to understand to make it a, a better process working together? I guess um, what I've been working on, especially in the last few months, and I I was talking to one of my good friends about this, is no more internalized misogyny. Um, because yeah. I bring it into the room myself, and I'm I'm sometimes concerned about how people may respond to me um, because of how my tone comes across or whatever. And I, I will happily say right now, I've never had it be an issue, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean it's not this little yeah. dancing, um, whatever those inflatable things are that you drive by in the oh, fields. Right. Your yeah. six-year-old yeah. self. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rearing yeah. its ugly head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Um, and so I'm, I have to be aware of that, and like that comes to, you know... Um, just not not silencing myself um, yeah. when I have something to come in with and not worrying. I'm not a big worrier um, professionally. I save that for my personal life. Um, <laughs> you know, that's, that's yeah. for when I'm looking at my credit card statement. But um, I, I just, I, I've been working very actively on giving myself permission to ask for what I need and, and recognize that, um, that that's all okay. Yeah. You you said something uh, a second ago that I I do want to touch on, which is you you left acting mm-hmm. um, because it's tough for you to I'm gonna I'm paraphrasing and saying it wrong, but it, but essentially uh, being able to show uh, that side of you to people or, or get in touch with that. But I I might argue that your job as as this writer. And and the director, quite frankly, but mm-hmm. but certainly as a writer, to come up with the voice of of these different characters, um, and to fully flesh them out, is it, it may not be the same thing, but it it's at least as remarkable to be able to uh, provide not just point of view for a character in a show. You know, if you're if you're watching TV, if you're watching Bones. Bones has not only a point of, point of view, but he's got or she's got. I actually don't know who Bones is, uh, but Bones. Castle. I don't uh, know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Bones has Castle, uh, right? <laughs> is that how it works? Uh, but Bones has this this emotional insight or this this insight into the human psyche that they are then displaying for mm-hmm. us, the audience, um, uh, or the elderly audience. I imagine in Bones's case. Um, and that that comes from the actor portraying a part for sure. That actor has a lot to do with it. The director has a lot to do with it. But there are writers. There's a group of writers on that. And in your case, there's you writing, you and another writer maybe writing, coming up with 
not just Bones, um, but Bones and all of the people that have lines in that show to give them both a worldview and an emotional view that, you know, I as the actor, uh, yes, I have to memorize my lines theoretically, right? I do have to do that. Please. We're not getting cue cards. Please. Could, <laughs> Casey and Greg would appreciate We could it. get cue cards is all I'm saying. <laughs> but, uh, but I, you know, I have to imbue some emotional viewpoint but a lot of it's already there, especially mm-hmm. in a musical where you're writing the tone. You're writing a lot of what that emotional viewpoint is through the, the notes and the, the dynamics on the page. Uh, so tell us how you do that. <laughs> <laughs> that was um, a long question. What I was sort of thinking <laughs> as you were asking well, I don't that. have handsome, okay? <laughs> no. Um, I'm just smiling at her and she starts talking. I don't, I don't know what it is. <laughs> <Jesus Christ. laughs> I was sort of thinking as you were asking that. It's, um, yes, the thing that I like that I find reassuring about writing and directing as opposed to when I was an actor is that if I'm the writer, I am to a certain extent the authority of the moment sure. on that character. And so... I can be wrong, but it's more okay with me if I'm wrong about something that was my idea initially than if I'm wrong about someone else's idea and I've like misrepresented, like as an actor, if I've misrepresented their character. One time I did a production where it's the part of the reason that I left is I was so excited that I had finally gotten this big part and then it turned out the director and I did not agree about who the character was and then that's a very I'm sure you've experienced that like that's a very adrift emotional feeling because you're like I thought we were and now I don't that um, just happened to me in this show that we're working on together like two nights ago I know yeah but um but there I it was just strange for me because I realized I thought well Am I interested in doing what the director wants me to do and what what she's saying she wants the playwright to do? No, but I have to because that's what I committed to do in this in this process. And that was a very um, illustrative moment for me because I realized um, it was more important to me to be the one defining what the direction was than the one doing that beautiful um like primordial work of bringing that out. Right. Um, and I also, as I said before, did not have the skills to do that, um, which is a big reason that it was good for me to stop. Because if it's not like that particular role was not like something that I was able to connect to outside of the way that I connect to it. Yeah. And and so for an actor, for a lot of you, like that's a really exciting moment is mm-hmm. like, oh. Yeah, yeah, that discovery moment. Yeah, yeah. great. This is where we're going to blow this open you know um and i feel that as a director and as a writer like i'll i'll throw up a song and i'll be like that was not a song i have not found that yeah this is hilarious to me i will go back and try to find something else goodbye um which is what tells me that i'm doing something that i love and that makes sense for my myself i'm miming something about like a package the box we all put ourselves mm-hmm. in yeah mm-hmm. but uh, but but yeah i mean we we, we title this show why i'll never make it you know kind of tongue-in-cheek but at the same time we we all do kind of hit those roadblocks or challenges mm-hmm. uh, whether it's writing acting directing we and and we'd be like oh i i only know so much but i need to go further or Oh, this isn't my skill set. What if I did this instead? And then, then you find your path. So it's it's there. There's so many different paths that we can take when it comes to this business mm-hmm. and and making it. 
All right. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Dewey, Dewey is just a bundle of energy right now. Well, I've been, I have been uh, driven physically to my brink. Oh, the, um, oh, oh, oh that, that's right. By someone sitting in this room. I will not name names, point fingers, but it's Morella. I'm pointing at Morella yeah, right yeah. now. Uh, uh, so She's literally just worn you out. There's so little left of me. Um, well, so. well, well, we are so glad there's so much more left of Marilla, and thank you for, for sharing with us today. And so let people know where they can find you and, uh, and connect with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to my website, MarillaMartinCook.com. I'm going to spell with the With a dash, thing. right? There's, there's a dash. No there's no hyphen. How, how many <laughs> hyphens are in it? Um, or, yeah, yeah. yeah, spell that out Yeah, so M-A-R-E-L-L-A-M-A-R-T-I-N-K-O-C-H.com. Um, and you can also find out some information about a company that I just started called The Rally Cat. It's therallycat.org, um, T-H-E-R-A-L-L-Y-C-A-T.org, but I think you had that. Um, and it's a new energized multidisciplinary performing arts company. Oh, it, by the way, I knew about this, and I had every intention of asking you about it. So uh, we, we are not wrapping up, and I want <laughs> okay, okay, I want right, just a well, little more yeah, information yeah, yeah. about The Rally Cat because this is related to what <laughs> we all do here. And I just, if you could give just a little deeper dive into what that is. Of course. Um, it's, so what we do is we generate musical theater, opera, and theater um, to elevate and inspire human consciousness and empower artists and communities. Um, so it's primarily new work. It's about the community of artists being part of the community of people and kind of breaking down the walls between these different art forms and these different groups. Um, and so we're actually going to be in residency for the next year and a half at Jamaica Center for Arts and Learning, yeah. um, working on a couple of projects, um, one of which is, they're both, they're all dear to my heart. I, I don't really want to go into them all because it would take longer than we all want to, we all have like food to eat. But it's a new venture for me and I'm really excited to do it because it's that thing of, um, you can either wait for somebody to magically figure out what you wanted to do with your life, or you can start to tell them and ask for money. Tylenol, if you're listening. Yeah. Right. Tylenol wants yeah. to sponsor. We've got a lot of places to spend your money, Tylenol. Mm-hmm. If yeah. uh, if you yeah. could just get on board with us, <laughs> yeah. we know what to do with that cash. Yeah. All right. Well. This has been this has been great. I'm so glad that you were able to join us. Thank you yeah, for having thank me. You. This was thank an you. honor. Thank and thank you. you for letting us use this uh, this studio yes, here. Yes, yes. I know our audience appreciates listening to uh, to a studio recording. Well, and I and I appreciate the tuition that you had to pay <laughs> that allows us to use this space currently. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, it, none of you got to got to see this, but Dewey was was fearlessly trying to make all of these uh, these technical gadgets and microphones work before we started recording, and it, you you did it. You you found a way. We got there. Yeah. We did. Yeah, we um, got there. And that's assuming you've heard this now, because uh, maybe it, I never did put it together. No one's ever heard this. Yeah. Right, two hundred years from now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll put it in one of those one of those like time <laughs> capsule boxes. It'll no, there. it's going to be on a gold record and put on a satellite Aww. and send. Oh, there it we to go. Space. I like that. I like that. I like that. All right. Well, I'm Patrick. I'm Dewey. Yeah, Dewey and Marella Martin Cook. Thank you so much again. We will see you next time on Why I'll Never Make It. Bye, guys. The Why I'll Never Make It podcast is hosted by Dewey Cadell and Patrick Oliver-Jones and produced by Dylan Adams. 
Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, where you can leave us amazing reviews, of course. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at whileNeverMakeIt or via email at whilenevermakeit at gmail.com. Lastly, we now have a website, whilenevermakeit.com. You know, Dewey, it certainly sounds like we're making it. Not making it. I'll never make it. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.